Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. There we go. Hey, it wasn't us this time. It was StreamYard. They were saying, what's up with the live? What's up with the live? And it kept- Are we all the way live now, Sam? We are all the way live, Al Borges. The folks have been waiting for us to talk just Ohio State. Just only Ohio State. And so, like I said, I tell people, Al is like my database. I said, hey, Al, I want to know how Michigan does in red zone situations on the right hash on third down. Al can do it. How many times, Al, have they run a duo in two-minute drill when it was third and long? Al can figure it out. See? And so I said, Al, we need to do an Ohio State preview. And we need you to go deep, deep. Not shallow, Al. Not shallow. We need to go deep. And by going deep, I mean, I need you to go back and watch the game. But not just TV copy, Al, because TV, that's surface level. Oh, uh, TV copy. Yeah, you watch out on your couch. Yeah, I need you to go deep. I need you to watch the All-22. As many games, All-22 version, as you can. Al said, oh, Sam, that's nothing but a thing. Of course I can do that. I probably was doing that anyway, but I'm going to do it for the people. And so we are here today with a special edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, Michigan-Ohio State preview. Al, focused on the Michigan offense versus the Ohio State defense. The information key. overload, Sam. Information overload. Are you ready? Are you ready? Is the key ready? Well, I'm ready, uh, Sam. But I just got to kind of expand their brains today. They got to they gotta go to that spot. You know, they say you use like, like 12, 13% of your brain. You're going to need it all today, baby. All of it. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, as we get started, I got a few things to throw out there. Listen. Um, we went short on the football uh, film studies this week. So listen, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put the fun, the film study link in the description in the comments. Support Al in the film study. See, because Al, we need to get him an HD, like a, a high def, you know, really, really, you know, good version of his backdrop, right? We need to get him an updated version of his backdrop with Tom Brady. So it's crystal clear, right? And maybe we can see a little bit of Devin in there too. Right. So we'll make that happen. You help fund the film study. The other thing to point out, the Black Friday sale over on the Michigan Insider on 24-7 Sports is going on right now. It is the best deal of the year. 75% off annual subscriptions. If you have not taken advantage, do so now. For those of you who took advantage of a promo in the past and you're a full paying member, don't forget to take advantage of your perk, which is Paramount Plus. You get a chance to activate your Paramount Plus as part of your 24-7 sports subscription. So that's 1923. That's uh, Special Ops. That is, that's all the shows that you get over on Paramount Plus that are outstanding. Mayor of Kingstown, all of those great Paramount Plus shows you get by virtue of being a full pay member over on 24-7 sports. So 75% promo off, uh, off promo for new subscribers, current and full paying subscribers. Activate your Paramount Plus. If you have any issues with that, be sure to DM me. So, Al, let's get into it. 
Let's talk about Ohio State. Let's talk about this defense. You remember I asked you a question last year, and you responded like the question wasn't a good one. Like saying, we've been doing this for too long for you to ask me a ridiculous fan question like that. Would Ohio State defensively try to do what Illinois did? He said, Sam, no coach does that. No coach does that. Well, those coaches did that, Al. So, so when you when you went and watched Ohio State on film this year, what did you see? No more zero. Okay, Sam. There's no more zero coverage. Well, there is a little bit. When you get inside the 20, you know, or if it's short yardage, once in a while they'll slip a zero coverage in there where they're pressuring with everybody and you got a shot at hitting the post. But what they got beat with a year ago, as we all well know, is uh, open middle defenses, whether it was a two deep or more often a zero blitz where there was no post defender. You were, But in looking at their defense this year, um, I think, and I've heard of this alluded to in their telecasts, is they're playing more to force you to run more plays, okay, where they don't want to get their, their, their throat cut right away with a big play like they did against Michigan. They had not done a lot of that before the Michigan game, but for some reason they decided that they were going to do that against Michigan and they got hurt with it. But that's the first thing that stood out to me more than anything was they were just not leaving the post area open like they did in the Michigan game a year ago. They are basically, Sam, a 4-2 defense, okay? Uh, Starting with their inside tackles, um, Williams and Hamilton. Williams, is he plays the three technique, the guy over – outside shoulder of your guard on the tight end side, okay? Because they're 4-2 look. Now, they have other looks, but these are their primary looks, okay? he He's a big, strong guy now. He can disrupt a little bit if you don't keep him blocked, okay? Uh, number 91 will mostly be on the tight end side. Number 58 or 51 will be their nose guard. He usually will play inside your guard or shaded on your center. Now, the ends are the most important, uh, most interesting guys. JT, who I'm not even going to try and say his last name, too many vowels. Okay. Tui Moluwao. Well, thanks, Sam. If you want to go ahead and chime in and say that, but he's JT as far as I'm concerned. Okay. JT mostly plays the left side, but I've seen him in games where he's on the right side. And I got a feeling, I got a feeling they're going to put him where they think we're the weakest. Okay. But normally he's a left end, number 44, really good player, man. No, don't even try and throw a screen his way. Because he's like he's like Aiden was, you know. Aiden had, really had a great feel for when you're throwing a screen at him. He they've tried a couple, three or four in games, and he's always in the middle of it. But he to me is their best defensive lineman overall. Although Jack Sawyer, the other guy on the other side, is a good player too. Now they've got rid of that defense where they play him in a flex, you know, where Michigan last year zoned off to him. Remember, and and Donovan made that long run. I haven't seen that defense at all. Sawyer's mostly just opposite wherever JT is. Okay, usually the right side, but. Not all the time. Another good player, uh, very solid. They're inside linebackers. Uh, Eichenberg, who I think has been hurt in a couple games. He doesn't show up in some games. And uh, uh, I think it's uh, Steele. Yeah. Uh, they are um, they are boundary and field. Okay. So Eichenberg will always play to the wide side of the field. 22 will always play to the short side of the field. Okay. Uh, Eichenberg, I believe, is the better of the two players when he's healthy, and uh, they're they're formidable kids. They'll they'll blitz you a little bit. They have they're not blitz crazy, but they have it in the package. And I think if things aren't going like they expect, you'll get a little bit more of it. 
They play a couple of different dudes at nickel, okay? Their starting point uh, is Hancock, number seven, who will also play corner. I've seen him out of corner. And uh, Styles, number six. And if Styles isn't playing nickel, he's usually the free safety, okay? So uh, he's a good player. And then I got another guy I can't say his last name. Uh, the right corner, but I'm going to just call him Davison. He plays uh, number Egg one, Benosa. the right corner. Igbenosa. Come on, man. You got to know these Buckeyes. Yes, you got to yes, know yeah. these Buckeyes. No, 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 no. Too many vowels. Can't do it. Okay. <laughs> you got to cover my ass on that one. All right. I got you. But he's not bad. But the other kid who I think has really developed into a good player is 10. The, the, uh, Denzel Burke. Yeah, he's he's a good player. He, they, he, they make several attempts to throw deep on him unsuccessfully. He's not infallible. But he can be. You can catch some underneath balls, run after catch. But he is a good player. Proctor, who plays... They've listed him as a free safety, but he looks more like he plays strong safety to me. 41, good, solid player, formidable. And like I said, uh, uh, when Styles is not playing the nickel, he's usually number six. I've seen a couple of different guys in there, okay? The, uh, as, a, as a defense, I'd give him a B to B plus. They've improved. They are not, to me, an A defense. They are not a suffocating defense because good offensive teams have proven they can move the ball on them a little bit. But that's really an overall – Look at him now. If you if you want to get into all the stuff, I got other stuff here, Sam. So I'm gonna let you kind of ask the questions. So strengths, Al. When you watch them on film, you I know you paid a lot of attention to the Notre Dame game. That was early in the season, but as you watch them, what did you see as the strengths of the Ohio State defense? Well, pass rush, particularly if you're in a bad down and distance. Okay, they can get after you pretty good if you if you're behind the chains. Uh, they can be tough on that. Um, they they play more of a zone team than a man team, but not entirely. They do this. One of the strengths is they can mix coverages, and they are busting less this year than they did a year ago. Remember, Sam? We watched some of the tape, and we said, "God, don't they just turn that guy loose?" <laughs> yeah. I, there's, there's, it still shows up. It still shows up. But I've seen a couple, of, but nothing like a year ago. And all that tells you is they've been in the defense a year. You know, Jimmy Knowles has coached us his package, and they got a pretty good idea, much better idea where to line up and where to move once they're lined up. So you're getting less of those errors. Hence, you're getting less explosive plays. Yeah, they they were busting. That was one of the things that stuck out to us in the, the game before Michigan. We watched all the tape. Like, man, they teams just couldn't exploit it like Michigan eventually did. That they were right. Those busts that we saw against Michigan, they had been doing that <laughs> throughout the year. Yeah. It's just teams weren't able to weren't able to capitalize on it. Michigan obviously did. So with that being said, Al, and folks, by the way, if you have questions for Al, because we're going to make this be a very interactive session so we can take it to where you want to go. So start getting your questions for Al in the chat. And let me uh, let me put the prompt in there so I know where the, the start point is. If you have questions for Al, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, Start getting them over in the chat right now, and I'll make sure that we get to them a little bit later in the episode. But you gave me the strengths. Where are they vulnerable? What did you see as well, the vulnerabilities, Al? Well, again, I don't think the back end is, is a complete lockdown secondary. You know what I mean? So there's, there's some opportunities there to uh, uh, exploit them in the passing game. Uh, again, they're not, they're not horrible, but they're not. They're not fantastic. I think Burke, again, is their best player, but I think everybody else, the matchups are fine. I would not lose any sleep over. Um, also, where they're, they're weak, counterplay, Sam, 
counterplays show up in almost every game. I mean, Notre Dame ran several counterplays. Maryland uh, ran a counterplay several different times. Uh, Purdue ran a counter. The counterplay is a play that just keeps showing up. Now, now they'll play it a couple of different ways. They'll have those ends, you know, come down and spill sometimes, but not all the time. And again, it depends usually on what the force is. Okay, if there's somebody behind him or there's not somebody behind him. But they get kicked out, and that again, that's a play that's in Michigan's wheelhouse, you know. So uh, that could definitely be something that I think you can get after them on uh, split zones. Notre Dame hit them with some split zones. That again, it's in Notre, it's in uh, in uh, uh, Michigan's wheelhouse. I just think th- those types of deals. Another thing in the past game, they get a lot of slants thrown up. And I'm sure it's because of the techniques of the corners. In every single game, every game, even the two games they won big, people are throwing slants on them. And again, that's something that Notre, uh, that uh, that Michigan, I think, can exploit. Uh, multiple crossing routes, multiple crossing routes where you know this. You, we've seen Michigan do this dozens of times, right? Guys crossing in one direction, somebody sitting in the middle of the zone, backs releasing. These are Donovan Edwards type deals, you know, where I think. Uh, they have not done a great job of dealing with that. Four verticals, four guys down to seam, four four guys deep, seam route runners by the inside guys, mm-hmm. vulnerable because they are in a lot of one high looks. They're in a lot of one high looks now. Remember a year ago, they did a lot of that five across the board in, in the secondary. That Big Twelve defense, so almost every team in the Big Twelve runs it, where they put five across and then the middle guy who on their team is number six will sink down and play in the box, and they'll play cover two. Or he'll go deep, and they'll play cover three. I see a lot less of that five-across look, a lot less. And I think a lot of it is because this conference is not all about spreading the field and throwing RPOs and doing all that. Other than a couple of teams like Maryland and such, they do. But it's not – this conference is more of a pound you. So they're trying to get that safety more down into the box, which, which tells you right now, they're more vulnerable to play action passes. And against Michigan, they're going to be very conscious, especially lately. Michigan has run the ball better. You're going to see number six down there in the box trying to stop that run and leaving the back end more in single coverage situations. And I think that's something with with the play pass shots that Michigan can be so good at. I think there's some vulnerability there uh, for for, uh, Ohio State. Also, inside receivers – in their man coverages, there's internal fades. Remember those, Sam, where where they smash the outside receiver and they, they work one-on-one on their safeties? Well, their safeties are definitely the lesser man defenders, okay? There is a spot where you can get Roman Wilson in there, maybe get a guy up trying to press him and take one over the top. That has shown up more than once against, uh, against Ohio State. So uh, inside option routes, things like uh, Loveland and Barner do, that's shown up several times, working on the inside linebackers or the nickel. There's been uh, a vulnerability, I think, to that. Insert zones. I'm kind of jumping around running past here because I'm just looking at my sheet. Insert zones where run the zone to the right and then insert a, a, a tight end on the backside linebacker. Uh, that's been – that's been. they've made some hay. Most teams have made some hay on that because most people have that play and Michigan has that play, but they only dial it up against teams they feel – I think that they're, they're vulnerable to it, but a good, a really good game to watch was Notre Dame because Notre Dame, although not identical to Michigan, is willing to use 
multiple tight ends. Okay. And that's something Michigan does. So you get a, an opportunity to see how Ohio state is going to play those formations. And uh, I think there's some things in there that can be taken advantage of. Yeah. So a couple of things come out to me now, for, for years, dating back to before Jim Knowles, they've been a poor, a poor defensive team against split zone. They just, I, I, I don't know if there are any remnants, any, any players left over from that, but that, that gives them issue. But I am most interested in what you said about the counterplay. Uh, because it, like you said, it's definitely in Michigan's wheelhouse, and you want to bang those edge guys, Al. You want to bang those edge guys. I know you do that on a split zone too, but that's not where the plays hit. You want to bang those edge guys. You remember a couple of years ago, they tested them like that, and they had an edge guy who I don't even know if he, if he was spilling it. It was one of the touchdowns for for um, for Hassan. I don't know if he was spilling it or if he was just wrong. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but he did not want to take on the kick out. Did not want to take it on. And that's just, that's something that I think you got to challenge their edge guys on. Challenge their edge guys to be box defenders, run defenders, and see how up to the task they are. You have a similar kind of theory when it comes to quarterbacks who run. Okay, they want to be like a running back. Make them show you that they're going to run it like that. Well, these guys get up the field. JT Tuimoluau is like that, right? Might have some advantages in some one-on-one situations as a pass rusher. Make him be a run defender, and I think we're going to see some counters up his behind in this game. Right his, his way, especially. That's one of the things you do to pass rushers, right? Run it at him. Yeah. Now let's see if in this game. What you do when, when you're scouting a team, and I go into this as, as intricately as I do now. I go when I was coaching. We would take a video of all their plus four runs, okay, and watch uh, – Every gain, every run that gained four or more yards, okay, which is considered an efficient run, right? Well, I, again, I don't have the, I can't facilitate that cut up. I got to just watch it game by game. But I can tell you almost unequivocally that the number one plus four one plus four run is counter, some variation of counter, whether it's counter OT. Backside guard, backside tackle, pulling through the old Redskins play from the 80s, okay? Whether it's counter CT with the center pulling and the backside H or tackle pulling, okay? Counter lead where they counter and then Notre Dame let a guy through on the counter. The guy would spill and the guy would run around with a personal escort, assuming the ball was probably going to go outside. Maryland ran, I don't, I don't know how many counters, I didn't count them. But there was so much, they, they just, it was a one play they felt they could get them on. Purdue ran the counter Y multiple times where they pulled the tight end off the ball and the guard. And it was one time they'd spill it, one time they wouldn't. But there was always something there. If they could get it started, you know, and not have 91 leak or any, you know, those type of problems, it was always something there. So I got to believe that that's got to be a play for Michigan. Yeah, certainly. So what about this, Al? We, uh, We've been talking RPO all season long. Uh, they uh, they misread one last week. I know play pass is their thing. I know they feel like they can – the eighth man they feel like they can get. One way they can either block them in situations where it's the bat is responsible for them. They feel like they're going to win that matchup. But this you, – you just wonder. You wonder if that's in the, in the arsenal 
Did you see any particular vulnerability to being RPO'd when you watched them on film? Well, oh, no, no doubt. It's just they don't major in it, you know. I, I, everybody, like you want, you want to watch RPOs? Watch Maryland. <laughs> I mean, every run's got an RPO attached to it. It's, it's just that's their culture. That's how they play. Uh, that's not how Michigan plays. But the thing Michigan does, they can facilitate it, you know. And if they can keep it simple, JJ can 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 uh, execute it. I don't know. I think they can all execute it. But to think they're going to run a bunch, and, and I'm sure you didn't, you weren't no. advocating that. But I, but to slip one in once in a while, just to exploit somebody crowding the box, maybe with a little slant, because I've seen them do that in years past. That wouldn't be all bad. Because again, Sam, they're not playing that five across. You know what I mean? They're bringing that safety down or that nickel down into the box to stop the run. And when when t- uh, teams play with a lot of tight ends, you see that more and more. You know what I mean? Because they've got to get those gaps taken care of, and they can't do it with high safeties. Okay, so let's flip this around, and then we'll start getting to the questions coming up. So what did you see from them defensively that you think might give Michigan problems? Well, uh, the two the, the edge guys are a pain in the butt now. They're good players. Uh, Sawyer and JT are good players. So if they get Michigan behind the chains, that's not good. And, and this is a good game where – Runs on later downs are probably another good idea. You know, I go crazy with it, but those guys are going to be rushing. You mentioned that earlier. They're going to be rushing. So that they could be a headache. I Eichenberg is active. He's active. Not completely imposing, but a good player. A really good player. Um, and I think Burke could cover pretty good. Uh, but again, you don't have to throw it at Burke's side every time. I mean, there's, a, there's another guy out there and several other guys. And their safeties are lesser cover guys. They could be... They could be beat. So I can just see it's not hard for me to visualize Michigan putting their tight ends inside, working option routes, working verticals, working those crash routes they always run. I can see those. Those are easy to visualize Michigan beating on them. So, and plus just pounding their ass with a run. You know what I mean? That's how they beat them the last couple. Just pound it, run, run your duos, run your insert zones, run your inside zone. You know, do the stuff you do and let, let's torture them a little bit. You know what I mean? We're playing. At Michigan, the crowd will get into it. Uh, and also, last and certainly not least, a healthy, and I do emphasize a healthy, J.J. McCarthy could could make a big difference in this game if, in fact, they decide to use him as a runner. Because they haven't seen a lot of J.J. doing that, particularly of late, okay? And a couple creative plus-one runs, uh, pulling the ball on some zone reads or some duo reads, uh, counter-OT reads, things, things that <clears throat> explore – his ability and exploit their inability to cut to, to, to cover the quarterback. Yeah, man. I, I think he has to be established as a threat early in this game. You don't have to run him a lot. They didn't run him a lot versus Penn state, right? Yeah, but he had the, he had the pin and pull and then he had the scramble play. He might've pulled it one more time. He might have three runs in the game against Penn state, but Oh, what an impact he had on the psyche of that defense. The, the residual, Sam, the residual, handing the ball off and pulling it one time and then everybody covering him the next time while he hands the ball off. You know, it's a leftover effect of other plays. Yeah, yeah. I pull it on one duo early in the game. He might not have to pull it anymore the rest well, of the day. Yards, you probably won't have to pull it. <laughs> yeah, you won't have to pull it anymore after that. So uh, I think that is a huge factor in this game. And I think that that's the, to me, that's the the biggest ingredient uh, to to counter what teams have been doing to kind of slow down their run game. At least to me, JJ presenting being presented as a threat this year 
that's the answer. Whereas last year's run off, rush offense was different. My, my contention that this one was good enough was predicated on J.J. being involved and that being the way to, to make teams be more honest in how they play them. And I think it's worked out that way. You know, something he hasn't done much at all this year that we know he's good at and would be optimal for this game to exploit those defensive ends is a bluff zone. He has not run many of those all year. We know how good he was. I mean, every time he pulled it, it was big yards, right? If, in fact, he's healthy enough, again, that's an if, that would be something to exploit the way their ends play, whether it be with spill techniques, whether it be with what I call pup techniques, where they shuffle with their shoulders square. Either way, uh, that would be a nice little nugget to pull out for this game. How would you do it, Al? Would you... Would you run a bluff first, or would you hit him with a couple of split no, zones? No, I, I, I'd, hit, I'd hit him with a split zone first to see how he's going to play it. Or just get him aware of it, you know what I mean? Heighten his awareness that he's going to be kicked out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once he thinks he's going to be kicked out, you can run it a couple times from a couple different looks, you know what I mean? Whether Even a dual bluff. Mm-hmm. Even a dual bluff. A split zone bluff, a dual bluff. Something where he thinks that guy's going to block him, and he squeezes or spills. And you can pull the ball and run around. That's what we and we've seen them bluff a duo this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They, they, they bluffed a duo a couple weeks ago, but he didn't didn't pull it. But it was it was it was definitely a bluff. So that is a, that's been in the shed. It might be time to pull it out of the shed. Okay. Yeah, I'm there, right there with you. You let it all hang out in a game like this, folks. If you have questions for Al, start putting them in the chat right now. Uh, before we get over to him, I want to tell you about this great app from my friend. See that guy over over Al's shoulder? I'm kind of oh, yeah, I'm trying to point. Right yeah, that guy. That guy. Tom Brady. Tom Brady has an excellent app that he started called Autograph. Now, what is it, you guys? What makes it so great? Well, you're a Michigan fan. There's some Buckeyes in here. Buckeyes, appreciate you putting our numbers up. Like, I try to tell them. Buckeyes, keep, keep, keep on coming, Buckeyes. Uh, I got Buckeyes subscribing to the site. I got Buckeyes following me on Twitter. I'm like, hey, Buckeyes, you're good for business, right? If you control me, if you pay me, I appreciate it, right? So I'm just, I'm just saying, come, keep it coming, Buckeyes. I love oh, you. I'm gonna have a mess- now I'm going to have a message for y'all. See, I've been trying to, you know, extend my version of an olive branch to Buckeyes. And I'm going to have a special, yeah. have a special olive branch coming, a whole branch coming off of this game if Michigan wins. You don't want to see Michigan win. Now, if Ohio State wins it, I tip my cap. I'll come on. I'll give the Buckeyes credit. But if you don't, oh, if you don't, see, but uh, I want to do my best to give y'all some advice, okay? I can't I'm, be I'm around But anyway, back, back to what my guy Tom Brady said. He said, okay, you got your, your great site, and your site is awesome on mobile now. You know, people can see all your great content coming through on the app. That's great. But, I mean, coming through on your site, that's great. But what if they want to see – you know, your YouTube page and your podcast page and, of course, all your content. And then they want to see other Michigan content, too. Maybe they want to see him go blog. Maybe they want to see the professor in that or hear the professor in the pundit. Maybe they want to hear all this Michigan content in one place. Well, I have the solution for you, Sam. I can help you help the people. I can help you help them. I said, well, how are you going to do that, Tom? He said, well, my app will aggregate all of that content in one place. One place. It'll come through in one app. 
And not only that, here's what will make it better, Sam. Tell the people that if they read your content on my site and all that other great content on my app, they'll get points for it. And then as they accrue these points, they will be able to redeem those points for rewards. So basically what I'm telling you is we will reward them for being a Michigan fan. I like that too. And so listen, right now the app is available for iOS users. Okay. IOS, now, that's me. I'm an iOS user. So I know I'm you're an iOS user. You didn't know you were an iOS user. No, I, know, I know what iOS was, <laughs> but now I know. And I'm on. <laughs> but now you know. Now you know. Soon they yeah. tell me there will be a Droid app. So you Droid. folks out there who are like me, who love Droid, uh, it, the app is coming for you for right now, just for iOS users. And Tom, he loves it when I tell you about it, but he wanted to tell you about it himself. So here is Tom Brady. Reason Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today. All right, so you see it on the screen right there. There is the QR code that you can use to go to the Autograph app page and the code, the access code. Now, this would be hard for you Buckeyes, all right? It's Sam Webb. Now, you spell it just like it sounds, Buckeyes. Okay. Not scam web, not yeah, Sam web. Yeah, just out of here. Don't add extra letters. There aren't two M's. There aren't three B's. Come on, Buckeyes. I'm trying to help you all out. All right? Uh, they're probably going to put a cuss right. word in front of it, Sam. <laughs> no space, Buckeyes. Just Sam web, all one word. It's not really, my name isn't really one word in real life, just so you know, but you can put it, you got to put it together for the app. Sam web, all one word. And then that way, you can have access to that because it's invitation only. But we'll let the Buckeyes look. If you want to download the app and aggregate all the Michigan content in one place, you can too. All right. So I'm telling you, it is a great app. Start getting those points, start redeeming those points for great rewards. And I'm telling you, it will be an outstanding experience for you. They even uh, register certain events. So when you go to events, you check in at the event, you can get points for doing that as well. All right. So be sure to check out the autograph app for those who are listening to this by the way on in podcast version they can't see the qr code so it's very very simple go to link.ag.fan slash sam web again that's link.ag.fan slash sam web and then enter the code sam web no space okay i don't have to tell michigan fans that but these buckeyes kind of challenge right so there you go all right al I know you feel uncomfortable when I talk to the Buckeyes like that, but you got to meet them where they are. You got to meet the Buckeyes where they are, Al. Damn, well, you are what you are. I've been with you four years. You ain't changing. I mean, I've hammered you. It doesn't, it doesn't affect you at all. Makes you worse, I think, sometimes. Yes, so, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love the Buckeyes. I love the Buckeyes. Uh, love you you love the Buckeyes. Yeah, you like yeah, some gas pains, too. I know. <laughs> Let's start getting to the questions, Al. All right. So uh, these the questions that we're focusing on mostly with Al our questions about the Ohio State defense, but I guess he can he could cover a couple of the offensive ones too. So what, what I want to know is how many of McCord's throws 
our past 10 yards. I've been doing some scouting of my own. He does not throw much past uh, 10 yards. He's a check down specialist. We will definitely get Vance talking about that. Yeah, get Vance on that one. Vance. But what, what are your thoughts on McCord just from what you've seen this year? Adam? Well, uh, the, he, he can spin the ball. He throws a nice ball. And if he's protected, he can hit passes. But the difference between him and J.J. is that third play. You know, that third play, the protection breaks down. Somebody gets covered, you know, and he's got to make something happen. He's just not near as good at that as uh, J.J. McCarthy is. He is more tantamount to what uh, uh, Aller was at Penn State, very similar in that regard. But he is an efficient kid, and he can, again, like I said, if if, if protected and a running game that can complement their passing game, he can be effective. All right, let's get back to the questions for Al. Uh, let's keep on. <laughs> James Irvin said they're going to start accusing you of being part of the, the vast scouting network. Yeah, that, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Uh, Steve Horn. Steve, welcome back. Al and Sam, number 44 and number 33, don't seem like defensive ends that can capture the edge uh, of the tackle. Also, don't see hand usage from them. I don't see them as game wreckers. What do you see when you watch them, Al? I think they're a little better than Steve's giving them credit for. Uh, what you call it? Uh, 44. Uh, JT. Yeah, he is much more of a power rusher, you know, bull rusher type guy. He, he'll he'll use his head and his hands a lot of times to, to knock the tackle back, okay? He also, as does Sawyer, have they have moves with a slap. You know, when you reach the pass protect, they slap the, the guy's hands down and then move to a speed move. They've done that several times if you study them. But they're very they're talented kids now. They're going to play uh, on Sundays, both of them, and particularly JT. I just think that they can be neutralized. And they can be neutralized if your game stays in balance and they have to play everything. But stay out of the, 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 the bad down and distances. And once in a while, do what they've been doing, running those down. Not all the time, but just enough to know that they will, that you will. Uh, so uh, I think all that could help. All right. Back to the questions for Al folks. If you have them, put them in the chat right now, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, I know the Twitter uh, watchers can't do that, but we'll cover you. Plenty of people have questions coming through in this jam packed session. All right. So Adam Shepardson, welcome back. Adam says, Igbenosin is beatable. Their linebackers can't cover at all. We have a BC two healthy and they'll need to sell out to stop us watch what do you think Al? well i think uh, uh, uh and I'm, I'm i can't i'm gonna call him davison okay i think davison is beatable i agree with him and I, I don't think he's molly putts out there but i think he's he is beatable you gotta uh, move they gotta hit him with, they gotta hit him with one double move in, early in this game uh, you'll you know? i bet you get i'll bet you get more than one you you'll get you'll get yeah some form of stop and go hitch and go slant and go You'll get something, and it'll probably be aimed at him. Plus, the other kid, uh, he's another guy that you need to use a double move on eventually because he tends to want to jump cuts. And anybody like that has to be – have to, you have to have a counter punch to their ability to to jump your break. So uh, I think that's uh, – the inside linebackers uh, between uh, Eichenberg uh, and 22 um, – I would say that uh, 22 is probably the better cover guy, but Eichenberg's probably the better run guy. Okay, so but either one of them, I'm, if it's if it's our tight ends matching on them or an inside slot like Roman, 
my money's on, on the tight end at Roman yeah. because I don't think either one of them can cover. But so yeah, they, they use them like that. I mean, Steel Chambers is their is their Willie Backer. Yeah, so, Steel Chambers. That's a twenty-two, yeah. right? So so but I, I just like the matchups. If we get tight ends on those players, there's gonna be some open receivers. I'd I'd be surprised if there wasn't. So yeah. that question there, that statement, whatever it was, I think has got some accuracy to it. Yeah, I just think one of those matchups, maybe more, maybe all of those matchups. More. I like, I like Michigan's advantage. Whoever Igbenosin is on, you, double move him. You'll either get a wide open play, or you're going to get a pi. He's going to get a pi in this game. I mean, what's the over under? Is there a is there a bet uh, that Igbenosin will have a pi uh, call against him? Run a double move. You will get an open shot, or you will get a pi. Book it. Let's, we'll come back to this, and we'll talk about it after the game. And those tight ends, man, those tight ends are hell. They, they are really super tough matchups. Yeah, and they're not used to seeing those kinds of players, Sam. They, and the teams that they've played do not – the tight ends do not pose the receiving threat that Michigan's do. And they got more than one of them. You know, usually you got one guy that's your receiver and your other guy that's your blocker, but A.J. Barner's – very, very good receiver. Uh, so there's two problems there. You know, and add Bredesen to the equation who doesn't catch a lot of passes but is capable. Uh, you got a, you got an element there that, that Ohio State really hasn't dealt with all season. All right, back to the questions for Al. All right, uh, Travis Foster, we appreciate you too, man. We appreciate all of you guys for your support over the course of the year and years. Uh, this one from Kevin Page. Coach Al, will we see more of the QB run game and RPO game with the Michigan offense? I think yes and no. I think you'll see a little bit of RPO. Maybe. I don't know. I would, don't hold your breath. I mean, we've been asking. And, and maybe that's just not what they do. But I do. And assuming that number nine's healthy, because if he's not, you're not going to see much of it. They're going to try and beat Ohio State other ways. But if he's healthy, and I think if you ask the kid today, he would be on board with any running that you asked him to do. But he could be the difference, either running by structure, running by improv, or running to pass by improv. That could be the difference in this football game because that's where the clear advantage is between Michigan's quarterback and Ohio State's. All right, back to the questions. Uh, appreciate all of these. So Avic Roy said, what do we do if – if Barnhart can't pass pro. Now, that's a, a prevalent question here. In the that's chat. a fair question. That's a fair question. Now, remember, there's a lot of ways to deal with that, not the least of which is put another player in there, okay? That's a possibility. But trust me, they watch the same things you guys all watch, okay? And there are ways to help him uh, with chips, using a back after the fact to check his 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 blitz pickup and then maybe take the outside hip of the of – the, of the defensive end, there's ways to put tight ends on that side and force the edge wider. Pass rushers hate rushing to a tight end. Even if the tight ends, they don't mind rushing to a tight end if the guy's pass blocking him because he's a lesser pass blocker. But if he's got a lineup wider, it's a little tougher for him to get where he wants to get, particularly if that tight end takes a piece of him. Also sliding your protection, trying to add the guard into the protection to help on inside moves. That's another way. There's ways to help on that, okay? But they're not all ways you ever want to use. You want to believe your tackle can block the guy, but, you know, we, we don't want them neutralizing our quarterback with one player. 
Okay, so uh, so I, I'm sure Michigan's given all this consideration. All right. Lamar Sanders, this, I knew this one was coming. Al, give us your first scripted five plays if you were the offensive coordinator based on what you saw and based on what Michigan does. I tell them all the time, I never just script five. I used script 15. And I script Al, they want you to script five, man. Well, I know, but that sets nothing up, Sam. That's just five plays. <laughs> but I'll work within the parameters of the question, but it's just not my style. But anyway, uh, I think to start off now, because we had some rhythm issues this last week and two weeks ago, he didn't throw any passes. So he threw eight passes. So, you know, so get him off with some throws, ask him what he thinks he likes the best. If the gun was to his head, what pass would you call to guarantee a completion? Okay. Use a couple of those. All right. And then mix in your favorite runs and make sure those runs are built to set up stuff. You may want to do on play 14, 15 and 16. Okay. Maybe hit them with a trick play little trick play, maybe a U-turn reverse, maybe a flea flicker. They like flea flickers, right, Sam? We've seen them run flea flickers all the time, sometimes different like one every single week. You would yeah. do that early, the first five. Oh, you would, yeah, yeah, Paul Brown. You know who Paul Brown is, Sam? Absolutely. You know Paul, Paul, yeah, Paul Brown. The famous Paul Brown used to tell his, the play caller, you run your trick play before they run theirs because they probably got one in the first 15 plays themselves. Run yours before they run theirs, okay? So, yeah, I think uh, something in, 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 in Michigan's got a litany of, of, of gadgets that they can run at them. So I think somewhere in the first five, six plays, that wouldn't be all bad. But the big thing, Sam, is, is getting that quarterback in rhythm. Get him in rhythm, man. Find a way to where he starts feeling his oats, get the crowd in the game, and before you know it, it's 21 to nothing, and nobody's even ate half their popcorn yet. Yeah, I go to the uh, – when we go down to, to Maslin. Their their big field house at Massillon, Washington, is the Paul Brown uh, field house. I mean, he's. I wonder was he just, was he a Buckeye? He had to be a Buckeye, right? Yeah, he coached. He was a head coach at Ohio he, State. He was a head yeah. coach. I didn't know he was a head coach. Yeah. At Ohio State. I, time, I yeah. well, back in uh, 1822, I think, right before the <laughs> right after the War of 1812, I think. But it was yeah, he was. He's Paul Brown is probably the most innovative, creative coach. Yeah. Pioneer started filming practices and games and all. He did all kinds yeah. of stuff, face masks. Well, I, think of the Brown, I think of the Bengals and the Browns when I think of Paul Brown. Yeah, I yeah he was a phenomenal guy, but a great tree of coaches that fell from Paul's right. tree. So. Let's keep on. Let's keep it rolling out with the questions. Uh, another Carson Barnhart question. So, you know, T. Foster brought this up. Maybe you can address this. You know, Carson Barnhart played against Ohio State last year. Adam. And he did fine. <laughs> I looked at the video. He did fine. He was he was all right. And I think he'll be fine. You know, we're probably a little overreacting. And then for reasons, for good reason. He he's he has played well in a run game now. I mean, we we've we've we have telestrated several instances where he's been the difference in springing certain plays. He has struggled with edge rushers uh, in the last couple games. All right, well, hell, let's figure out either, you know find a way to help him or, or whatever you got to do. But he did not prove to be a liability a year ago. No, he did not. So you have that in your back pocket. You also have Ladarius Henderson coming back on one side. They say Miles is back. They, yeah, they say Miles is back. But they got a chance to play Trente in some meaningful snaps last week. And I just think that that – I, I think that that's beneficial for them. If they oh, need. Sam, I love Trente. I love Trent. When Trente comes to the game, I get fired up. I don't care what tight end, wing, right tackle, whatever. It's just 
I mean, Trente walks in the field and it tilts. You know, the field tilts a little bit when he comes in the game. And uh, but he can he can be an overpowering blocker. He's athletic enough to pass protect. He's I just think in certain spots wherever you want to play him, he has been a real asset to their offense. Yeah, yeah. So I that you got that in your back pocket. I guess if it, if it yeah. wound up being an issue. <laughs> You can you can mitigate it with how they try to or how they did against Penn State, and you know running the football and running it at them, and it's certainly an off schedule run type scenarios. You could do that. You mentioned uh, one of the things we talked about. You said you'd do some more pocket movement stuff. You can do things to help a guy yeah. like that, right? But Absolutely. if it wound up being you know so big, too big of an issue where you feel like you got to help him all the time. Well, now you do have some other guys that you could try. If they do. Yeah, there's alternatives now. I mean, that's the nice thing about Michigan. They have some depth. You know what I mean? Both on offensive and defensive line, they got, they're they deep. So if there are some issues, you can always, you know, do the Lido shuffle, whatever you got to do to make it happen. And I, you mentioned it, Sam. I think that's important, too, is, is don't keep the quarterback in the same spot every play. You know, move the pocket, whether it be a naked bootleg where you're faking one direction and moving out the other or a sprint or dash type of situation. They got all that in their package. We've seen it over the course of the year. So don't be surprised if you see a little bit of that, too. But you get, it's hard to live in those type of schemes, but they are nice equipment for your offense just to keep the pass rush off balance. Yeah, so we are getting questions about the jumbo package that they broke out versus Penn State. You need to have all those guys uh, readily. They have other guys I'm sure they could do it with, but you want your seven top guys. And so Neil Dillon says, uh, Sam, Hinton and Jones have been the extra O-linemen so far. If one of them can't go, do we have another offensive lineman who can come in and seven OL package? I think yes. Um, I, I There are a few guys I like. I like Giovanni Ohati in a scenario like that. He would be a guy that would be very, very high on the list. Um, uh, maybe first on on the list as far as I were, I were concerned. But I, I think both of those guys – um, are going to be available. Talking about, yeah, I do too. Talking about Ladarius yeah. and and uh, Miles Hinton. Yeah, and I'd be surprised if they didn't use the jumbo package. You know, because it's it's God, it's been good. The little, the lot, the bunch that the the, the 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 Penn State game they used to the bunch. You know, so uh, I would not be surprised if that was part of the uh, plan. Here's one, Al. I knew it was coming, and it's a good question from Jamie Vance. Do y'all think we will see more? formations with Blake and Donovan on the field together in this game? Uh, I bet you see it. I don't know how much you're going to see it, but I Man. bet you see it. Yeah. Cause I, we had mentioned this, uh, I think in the last, uh, game evaluation is the use of Donovan Edwards in a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. One coming out of the backfield on bubbles or swings, uh, one shifting him into the slot, sending him on various option routes or verticals, you know, uh, running him on reverses, running him on flea flickers where he can, you know, get the defense to jump him and flip the ball back. I mean, he is a weapon now. And they are aware when he's in the game that something can happen fast and it may not be good for them. So he will tend to get overplayed in some ways, and you can use that too against him, but with a gross reaction just by handing him the ball and maybe pitching it back to somebody else. So, I mean, I think absolutely we will. I think it is a huge, huge weapon for them think about what we've seen from khalil mullings this year right how effective he's been you give him a lot of credit for his improvement but look at when he and donovan are on the field together yeah and and what that opens up for him and now now put blake in that scenario because you when you have donovan as the other back 
in that scenario, they got to take notice. They got to pay attention. They got to they got to account for that. He's a well, he's a matchup problem. He's a matchup problem on linebackers. He's a matchup problem on on safeties. I think he is an X factor in this game. Al Borges as a receiver. I'm not saying that he won't run the football any, but I think he's an X factor as a receiver in this game. Well, what makes that good is Mullins. Okay, using Mullins like like you're talking about. Uh, I think that uh, over the last couple of years he was an unknown commodity. Okay. But this year, he has proven he can run the football and block, which gives you the opportunity to get the ball to Donovan Edwards, okay, where you don't – not that Blake can't – Blake's a good blocker too, but uh, Mullins is a big, bulky dude that can knock you right in the dirt. We've we've telestrated that. He's capable, plus, plus, he can run it. He can run it, and he can run a big guy, a hard guy to tackle. Big dude, I mean, that combination. I would not have a lot of groups where Blake wasn't in there, but an occasional, you know, three or four times in the game where you might be able to want to work the ball to a Donovan with Khalil back there. I think that's got some merit. All right, let's get back to the questions for Al. This are really, really good ones. Noah Hoover says, do we see a pass from Donovan? Remember that touchdown he threw? Donovan could throw. Donovan yeah. could throw. Yeah, and that he ball he threw, he spun, he spun it now. Yeah, right? took a shot. Took a target yeah. on the play. He took a shot. I don't want to give away any trade secrets. I'm not, you know, but I'm. Don't be surprised. He's about due. I think. Yeah. I think he's I like him as well. I think he's due. I think he is. You know, the backdrops of this game are so. There's so many. Of course, you got the suspicion. You know, Buckeyes. I think Buckeyes know that. Is the, the you know Michigan people kind of suspect Buckeye involvement in all this? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, it, may, it may not be now. That all the details come out, but they're being worked on. And so, in the meantime, in between time, that's a backdrop to this game. JJ in the meantime and in between time? Yeah, in the meantime, in between time. Same, between. Thing, same thing with Ohio State. They want a Kyle McCord over, over JJ. Okay. JJ's okay. He's a real cool yeah, guy, real chill nice. guy. But Sounds like right. everybody got their wish, Sam. He's giving them some of that. Let's but get Donovan, it on. But Donovan, uh, he he was leaning to Ohio State. And they tried to strong arm him. They tried to press him. Like when I told this story before, Buckeyes, ah, scam webs making it up. Donovan said, No, 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 you aren't making it up. They they tried to 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 strong arm him into committing when he was leaning that way. And they said, Well, if you don't. You know, we might have to take another back. We might take Trevion. Well, take him. Take him. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to have to come back and bust their ass. Don't and, ever that's what, and that's what he did last year. Sam, don't, don't ever estimate, underestimate the knowledge that Sam has on recruiting because he talks to everybody that's involved in making the kid's decision. He has his own forms of reconnaissance. So when Sam talks about recruiting, man, you better listen. He's, uh, he, he's not right a lot, but he's always right. Uh, hey, man, these, these Buckeyes, you uh, it's sacrilegious, Al. Sacrilegious to these Buckeyes. All right, let's go back to uh, some questions for Al. Uh, okay, so we're, we're by the way, for folks who don't know, this is not the only preview. We are going to be doing a Michigan defensive preview with Vance Bedford coming up in about a half an hour at 1230. We're going to go live with the Michigan defense versus the Ohio State offense. And Vance did you one better, Al. He what said, hey, I'm going to draw some diagrams. Because, you know, oh. we, can't, we can't show the footage. 
in this. We certainly can't show all 22 footage. And so he said, well, what if I draw some diagrams? Can we do that? I said, yeah, I can, you can draw some diagrams. I'll put them up on the screen. He has diagrams, it. Al. I love it, Vance. I love it, man. So just because of that, I think I'm going to go over a little bit just to piss him off. How's that? <laughs> All right. So Noah Hoover it had a follow-up question. Al, do you expect more screens this week? No. No. I, I mean, they may have a screen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a screen, but it's just not their deal. You know, they just they, – they got them. They throw them every so often. But I don't think I've charted more than – eight to 10 screens all year. And why and, is that? I mean, people ask about much, it all the time. Yeah, too much practice, Sam. They, 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 you you got to spend practice times on certain things and you got to prioritize what's important to you, what's going to be your culture and what's not. Screening is a piece, a little piece of their offense that they'll throw in occasionally. Where other teams, they're going to spend more practice time, have screen periods, you know, 15-minute screen periods every week where you're throwing five or six screens with a multitude of variations to them and coaching the hell out of them. And that's what they want to spend their time on other stuff. So, and you can't, if you don't practice screens and they're not your culture, you're usually not very good at them. So I think that's it more than anything else. Pick your poison. And they just, screens is just a little tiny piece of their poison. All right. Let's keep the questions going with Al Borges. All right. Uh, keep going down the line. Now, Michael Kirkland wants to know, how would you handle 44? What would be your your plan that you use to kind of nullify his impact on the game? Or well, I think we mentioned it, yeah. Anytime the back's in the check released towards 44, he would always make sure he's secured before he released into his route. Now, chipping is an interesting deal, okay? Chipping is what you do with a back against a good pass rush. Now, you can do it. A few different ways, but usually the first thing the first thing you got to do is check your blitz pickup. You can't chip anybody if your blitz your man blitzes, so that's off the table. But with that, if your man goes into coverage, you can set your tackle maybe just a little more inside if he wants, and tell the back take his, if he beats him wide, you got chipping right back to him. So what he's going to try and do is with his inside arm, he's going to try and chip him right back to the 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 offensive tackle. Now I've also seen it where they'd allow, because the guy's a great speed rusher, they would allow the pass rusher, uh, the, you would kick step to block the speed rush, okay? And knowing that the back now, after he checks his, his guy, may check it, will we'll take the inside move, okay? So you're more capable of bailing on the pass rush, uh, on, the, on the speed rush. So that's, you know, these are all ways to do it. And, uh, uh, that's a good way to help. The guy. Plus, like I mentioned before, anytime you put a tight end, and in particular if you put him off the ball, most pass rushers can't stand that. They hate it because it's a wider edge to rush from. Even if the tight end is not involved in the protection, just having to displace yourself a little wider uh, is a pain in the butt. Okay. And then you can put him there and chip him too. You can chip the, uh, we used to call it elephant package, where the elephant, we would spot the good pass rusher and move the tight end toward the good pass rusher, and he was responsible for helping the tackle. So there's a lot of ways to do it, a lot of ways to do it. So we got uh, a few Buckeyes in the chat, but this Buckeye has been very, very active. And he says, has the OSU secondary allowed a 30-yard pass all year? I think zero such passes, but you, you seem to think there's going to be uh, some vulnerability to some shot play. So sort of reconcile for me a defense that has been a lot more conservative with your belief that they're going to be susceptible 
to being had by some shot plays. I think they they got a better quarterback. <laughs> I don't think Ohio State's faced a good quarterback all year. I don't. I don't think that the best guy might be the kid at Maryland. I don't know. Allard played so poorly against him. It's hard to hard to call that one. But I think the guy that the this game, Sam, is about matchups. Okay, we can talk about all the X's and O's we want, but it's about matchups. Number nine will be the best quarterback they faced all year. They have a very very good core receivers, and if if they can protect him, the, the all statistics go out the door. Okay, because all kinds of things happen in games like this because of the matchups that didn't happen the rest of the year. Okay, so that's that's what I'll say about that. Thirty yard pass play or not, there's more of a chance in this game of that happening than any game they played a whole year. All right, let's keep it moving with questions for Al. They're coming hot and heavy. And remember, folks, we are going to be having the defensive session coming up in about a half hour with Vance Bedford as he's going to break down the Michigan defense versus the Ohio State offense. And so, uh, you know, this kind of gets into some of the questions about the last couple of weeks, and there are a few of these, so we can almost kind of group them together. Uh, Mark Kraft wants to know, why are we not using the quick passing game? Running into the middle of the pile is not going to win this game, Al. Your response to that notion. Why do they run the ball up the middle all the time? Why do they do Boy, I did that. We had a nickel program. I heard that one. Um, uh, Michigan does have a quick passing game, and they have some quick passes built into their extended drop game where they can throw them fast based on the coverage. So uh, there's balls that come out fast at times. It's not always uh, – they're not all first, first play of the game where they first play of the game when they ran it up the middle. The ball could have come out fast outside, yeah. right? Sure, absolutely. No, they have it built into their game. They, they, there's some quick passes, but uh, and running the ball up the middle. Well, last year they ran an inside zone for how many yards uh, with Donovan, <laughs> and then turned around and did the same damn thing all over again for how many yards with Donovan. So sometimes, again, the inside running game. Is about chipping at the rock, Sam. Right, pound that rock, and you hit the rock. Cracked, it cracked. So sometimes it takes a few uh, plays that the fans cuss at, you know, and say, "Why do you keep running?" And then all of a sudden, boom, it comes out. But it would have never come out had you not pounded those first two few times. Yeah, I get what he's talking about, though. What he's talking about is they're going to need to be more balanced. Let's move away from where they're running the football, right? Uh, because we've seen them have success between the tackles, especially when J.J. is presented as a run threat. I think that is a big, big key. But the question of balance the last two weeks has been a big one, and this gets into this question from Sunny Days on, on uh, YouTube. He says, J.J.'s QBR has been around 55 with Sharon as the head coach. When others had head coaching duties, his QBR has been around 90. That's a drastic difference. Are the head coaching, OC, O-line duties too much on Sharon and the OL? And so, uh, Al? That's a fantastic question. I would just want to say that's as good a question as I've heard. Uh, but you have to understand, see, QBRs and all that crap, they don't, they don't mean that much to me. I want to know why. Why? Okay? Because you can use all these – Inordinate statistics about this and that. That's why I don't. I don't look at the PF. What is it? The Pro Football, pro football Focus. focus I don't need, I, I, I'm not being arrogant here. I don't need the Pro, pro Football Focus to tell me. Uh, what PFF happens. wanted you. PFF tried to recruit you, Al. Yeah, yeah I did, that was a few years ago. But I, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't need that. Not that. With all due respect, to them I'm sure they do a great job. 
I want to know why this stuff's happening. Well, the, the reason those were the way they were is the first week they had protection issues that so they didn't have in other games. And the second week, the quarterback was not feeling his oats early. That's why those dropped, okay? But no one would argue, if the point is at the end of the day, that there must be a more balanced approach to this game, I'm on board. If that's the point, me, but I, I, those statistics mean nothing to me, okay? Because I know in other games what he was capable of doing. And I know Sharon called the plays in all those other games. So he's, he's aware of what has to be done. The quarterback's aware of it. So we're not going to let any number keep us from doing what we think needs to be done. Yeah, I, I think there's a little confirmation bias um, going on there. Biden, I don't think there's any question. There's a lot on Sharon's plate. It, it's not an ideal scenario. But is that the reason for, for J.J.'s dip in production? No, against Penn State, they made a, as you called it, a battlefield decision when they couldn't block a guy. He, the dude completed seven of eight passes in that game and had a huge impact on the running game, both in the big third down and fourth down runs that he had. And then he he was as responsible for the touchdown at the end of the game and sealed it as Blake was. <laughs> because that last defender, he was so paranoid about J.J., it left a, a lane to the end zone. For, for Blake. So I discount Penn State being included in this mix, right? Mm -hmm. As far as, I mean, that was a coordinator who was like, look, this is what we got to do to win this game. Excellent adjustment. Just an excellent adjustment. Yeah. Now, now, last week against Maryland is, is interesting. This is where you educated me as a play caller, as a guy who's been in the arena. Maybe you can educate the people too, where you're like, look, this is what happened on the first two series, Sam. What would you do? What would you do when when your quarterback misses a a read on the first play of the game that people say you ran it up the middle? Well, he was supposed to throw it to the outside on an RPO. What would you say, Sam, when he misses a a a post cut for a touchdown on the second series after the after the four verts? What would you do, Sam, after you run it seven straight times and you're in the end zone? I get that, Al, and I understand a lot better after you explain it to me. And I think Sharon. Sharon is A+. Plus. He's A1. My only rebuttal would be if he finds himself in the same scenario in this game, he's got to find a way to generate rhythm or to, to game plan rhythm for a quarterback because I do not think that he will be able to go to the run bag as much as he did in the last two games and win this one. I, my tendency is to agree with you. We, and we've already talked about this. My tendency is to agree with you. But what if he doesn't? What if he's struggling again? What if these same things come up? This is where you earn your money. Maybe you do run the ball if that's what it takes to win, right? And if they have to shift gears and, and, and the quarterback isn't feeling his oats, not doing it, they got to find a way to win. And that's what you do because that's your job. Now, can they win that way? I have my doubts because I, I, I think nine has to be a big part of this plan. I really do. And I, knows, I, it may be 10 to seven. You don't know. I mean, that I, isn't likely, but it could be. See, you know. here's, here's my theory. My theory on, because J.J. McCarthy, missing throws is one thing. Okay? Every quarterback's going to miss some. Every quarterback's going to miss a throw. Right but missing yeah. reads, no. That was more disconcerting. I, no. I do agree. I do agree. Because he doesn't do that. He if doesn't he, do I, that. Exactly. He doesn't do that. And grading this kid every week. Now, a year ago, 
there was more of that because he was still learning the offense, you know. But this past season, it just hasn't – Just and again, I'm privy to the All-22, so I see all the movements. I know where the ball really should go. And he just doesn't do – but this last week, he had five reads he missed, and that's just so uncharacteristic. And he doesn't miss a lot of throws either. Right. But he had four missed throws. So you put nine plays that were basically wasted, it makes the game closer. You know, plays that he's so used to making and we're so used to seeing him make that at the end of the third quarter, everybody's smoking cigars. Well, in, in, in this game, the last game, it just wasn't the case. But I just believe, believe, which is more relevant than he, that you're going to get his best effort in this football game. I do, too. I, do he's too. I, I think you're going to get his best well, effort. I think you're going to get an attempted balanced offense. And uh, I think you you're know what? Get... Here's what I think, and Devin told a great story about this. If you guys watch Monday Morning Quarterback, he said, man, I had a great Notre Dame game. And I just – Monday, Al Bort just didn't see me. I was in the bed because I was just – I was worried about my body. I was work, I was concentrating on my body that week, you know, getting my, getting my health together that week and then he came out in the next game and it was just like man this didn't this dude just have an all-world game against Notre Dame same guy what the hell happened well he got banged up a little bit and his focus leading up to that next game was on you know kind of getting his body right and I suspect I suspect that had something to do with Jay because JJ McCarthy doesn't miss reads he might miss a throw or two he's missed very few this season but the dude don't miss Reed. He is gonna come ball out in this game, Al. I, I am as I I am sure of it. I, I'm certain of it that he is gonna ball out in this game. Uh, you know, so to the extent that they put it on his shoulder, he will deliver. That doesn't guarantee a victory, but I think that that won't be the question. The question will not be, man, what happened to JJ McCarthy? I I, I just you I'd have to see that to believe it. So. Anyway, my soap. Well, we're certainly pulling for that to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, see, it, it, I got a lot of these. Do you think Coach Moore will open it up and and be a, be less conservative? I I think you said you said to me a while ago you always saved plays for a rivalry game everywhere right. you've been, right? Right. So I think Sharon's the same way. Yeah, you, you always keep a locker of plays for your rival that you don't run against everybody else, and you kind of keep a running total of those over the years. I, I pull plays out from 20 years previous, you know, or where uh, I hadn't run them in a long, long time, but I knew that they were going to be a surprise, and sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. More often than not, they did. More often than not, they did. But And I want everyone to keep in mind with Coach Morris is – I would not look as much at the last couple of weeks because they're so circumstantial. Look more at what's been done in the past. How's he called the game in a ballot setting where you could block everybody and, you know, a uh, uh, quarterback was good. I think that's what you're going to get because in this game, I think that's kind of what you got to get. Here's a great question. Play caller. All right, Al. Factor this in like you, like you had two versus Ohio state in the second half in 2013. Is J.J. actually healthy enough to run effectively? In regards to the game, I've seen OSU get gashed in the run defense, particularly versus Rutgers. Is this a PSU game plan coming? Uh, what do you see? Basically, so what What if you can't run J.J. like you would if he wasn't banged up? How does that change your approach? 
Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you got to run the ball like you did at PSU. I mean, you can you can still move the ball if you can throw it. You know, that's that's kind of how what Ohio State does. You just lose that one component, which is painful. Don't get me wrong, but this kid's still got an arm, okay, and he can still hit the target, and you still got receivers who can catch it. So if you can protect him, you're still good to go. I just like to have those other elements, but he's, he can he can hurt you. He's proven Sam. How many times? Remember what the last couple of weeks when we charted how many plays he hit by structure and how many plays he hit by improv. What did we learn from that, Sam? We learned that he was not just an improv quarterback. That's right. More often than not, he's taking five steps, hitching, and let it rip. Taking five steps, plant throw, and let it rip. Taking five steps, hitch, hitch, throw. Everything, you know, not everything, but but probably I think we figured about 70%, 70-80% of his good plays were not from running around. It's just those are the plays you remember. You know what I mean? The plays where he jukes a guy and breaks a tackle, runs out of the pocket, hits Roman in the inline. All that. I mean, those are the ones you remember. But 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 between time, in be, in meantime, in the meantime, in between time, as you would say, he's hitting structural passes all over the place. So how how badly at the end of the day do they really need his legs? They'd be nice, but I still think he can beat you the other way. All right, uh, let's get back to that was a great question by the way steve horn has another he's a couple of real specific questions pin and pull should be activated in this game too static four man front do you think we'll see the pin and pull yeah steve i'd steve this guy's this guy's good i like him a lot (laughs) you keep asking questions because you smart now (laughs) there are some pin and pulls uh in the games i've seen okay i i charted a couple it wasn't quite as prominent as i would have thought because of what steve just said this is a four-man front that looks vulnerable to that type of deal now some of these other teams aren't big pin and pull teams and that might be part of the deal but i wouldn't be surprised if you saw it not a bit they might just test it you know what i mean let's dip our toe in the water and see if we get the edge on a pin and pull if it looks good hey let's try it again you know change the formation do something a little different so uh, i put that as a play that i think would be in our plan if i was doing it it's just a matter of how it fits with everything else. Is there better candy in the store? You know, we got other stuff we like better that we'd rather eat. You know, so uh, I think that's, uh, but that's certainly a compelling argument right there. Yeah, man, that's a great question, Steve. Um, so comment Al, when they play physical teams that pound the run like Notre Dame and Rutgers, how does their defensive line hold up? How much depth do they have? Penn State has success running early in that game. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, Notre Dame early on it was kind of you know it wasn't a high scoring game at all. But uh, as the game went on, you could see Notre Dame more successful, particularly with their inside runs. Okay, and I'm sure the wear and tear of the game was 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 uh, was a big reason for all that. But I think that 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 that's got to be a deal. And then uh, Penn State. Now, again, Howard didn't play well in the game, or that would have been a game because they broke some runs. They broke some runs. They run. I had uh, Penn State uh, counter OT, open zone three times. These were all plays that, that hit for more than four yards. They had a, uh, a one counter OT, almost broke for a touchdown. As their safety had to bring them down. So uh, those inside runs are good. Just keep keep working them, keep working them. Use your play passes off them, and doggone it. There'll be a good result before it's all over. All right. Let's go back to the questions for Al. We still have time for a few more to get in. 
uh, before we get out of here, let's uh, go to the next one. Uh, Mark Kraft, he says, play action pass for work, but we have success running the football. Um, moving, oh, Steve Horn is back with another one. Steve, one, thing, one thing I'll say, though, Steve, uh, 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 Mark, that last thing, yeah, is Mark play Kraft. action pass can work even if you're not running the ball well. It works even better when you are, though. <laughs> I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah. So, Steve, we remember we were talking about bluff, uh, you know, to bluff runs. And I asked you, what would you run? Would you come right out the gate with a bluff or you set them up with a split zone? You said you hit them with, with a split zone, a zone or two. And you said maybe a bluff with a line route. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know if, I, if I get a head coaching job tomorrow, I'm hiring Steve. <laughs> they have it. They haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, well, they have it though. I know they have it, and there's no reason why you can't run it. I, uh, I think uh, um, Maryland ran that, if I'm not mistaken. I think Maryland ran that. So, yeah, they're all in the same family, right, Sam? Did they run it against Michigan? They run that against? No, no, no. They ran against Ohio State. Okay, I believe. Yeah, I believe it was Ohio State. They run. The, you run the split zone. You run the bluff zone. You run the line route, and then you run the naked. All those things kind of work together to conflict that defensive end. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's keep it moving with a few more questions for Gorgeous Borges. As we move down the line here, uh, let's see. Thomas uh, Bowling wants to know, what routes does the offense have Donovan run? Wheel, swing, Texas. He actually runs all those. All <laughs> You you love hey listen to your listen to your disciples, Al. Listen to your people. I mean, the water cooler must be championship belts. They must be wearing them two of them every week. Water, water cooler's a joke now, Sam. Joe Schmatz won't even come close to us anymore. He stays away. Brought his doctor with him last time, Dr. Vinny Gumbats. He thought he knew something about football just because he was a team doctor when Joe was in middle guard at junior high school. They didn't know nothing. They got too much, too much information, Sam. Forget about it. Yeah, they, but that, all, we've seen him run all those this year. Yeah, so oh, man. you get you get Texas, you get option routes, you get wheel routes, you get rails, verticals. There's so much stuff. He's like a receiver now. He can play receiver. He can be one of the receivers, probably be one of the top couple of receivers if that's what he plays. So there's no there's no limitations to that. He can't. Uh, and so that was one of the things when Blake came back. So we could start talking about this a little bit. He he's wanted to sneak some time in with the receivers to start getting some getting some action over there, kind of feeling like that would be uh, one of the ways in which he was utilized more this season. And to this point, we haven't seen it a whole lot, right? We know it's in there. Yeah. Uh, we, and we know there's a package with Blake and Donovan on the field together, but we haven't seen it a whole lot. I am convinced that it's going to be a factor in this game. And, I would be surprised. He's going to be a factor some way, Sam. Running or passing, I don't care. He's going to be a factor some ways. If he's not, that's probably not good. Doesn't bode well for him. But right, 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 right. Yeah, that, and we can say that with with confidence because I just don't think Ohio State. And that's we can tell if if you want to call that a secret, it's not inside intel. It's just deductive reasoning. And you know, Ohio State has to figure that too. But I just don't think they can do anything about it. I don't think they match up well. I don't think they match up well with Donovan as a receiver, and I don't think they match up well with either tight end. Yeah. Yeah, particularly Loveland, but yes, yes. So, uh, which gets into this question from Lamar Sanders. Al, 
What is Michigan's biggest offensive advantage, and how would you use that advantage if you were the offensive coordinator? Well, I think that their their biggest advantage is at quarterback. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that because uh, they do have an edge there, particularly from a mobility perspective. So how would you use it? Again, assuming he's healthy, I keep saying that, but assuming he's healthy, is run plus ones, runs, run bluff zones, uh, move the pocket a little bit, give him some run pass option stuff. And I mean by run, I'm not talking about literally RPOs. I'm talking about the ability to get out of the pocket and run or pass based on what you see. And then just do what he does best, work within the pocket and in the structure of a play and throw balls down the field, throw them short, do all the stuff he does well. But the clear advantage is the quarterback. And within that advantage, the clear advantage is the mobility. So if he could, if he's capable of doing it, dial it up. There ain't no tomorrow. All right, Al. I think we need to cut it short. We have. Oh, why? We, we're not going to piss Vance off if we. Yeah, we got to piss off. We got the Buckeyes. I have to go ten more minutes to really make it. Sunny Styles held his own against Brock Bowers as a seventeen-year-old, and now it's starting. Man, okay, okay, Buckeyes. Yeah, Buckeyes. Yeah, they can. They can. I want, I, I'd like to see. Any, you're right. They're yeah. gonna have any problem. See that video, Sam. I want to see that video. Okay, <laughs> I, I want to see Sunny Styles cover Brock Bowers. I do. I'm not you know what? I'm not, yeah, 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 yeah. Buckeyes. I need some evidence, Sam, yeah. on that. One, no, no, okay? no, 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 no. We don't. Buckeyes. Yeah, Sonny Styles. He could cover Coach Lovett. One-on-one. One-on-one. No problem. You're right. He got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's just Michigan. They could try it at their own risk because Sonny Styles shut Coach Lovett down, right? That's all right. You're right. Let's go. Yeah. I hope they think that. Just like I hope they thought. Just like I was, I was hoping that they would play like Illinois. Didn't think they would. I'm hoping Brad Smith is right. I'm hoping that's the approach. Man, that'd be great. Uh, Al, as we get out of here, because I cannot make – if you make Vance late today with these diagrams that he's drawing up, because he said, man, I'm going to draw them on paper, Sam, and I'm going to – I'm going to – I want you to put them on the screen so I can go – because this, this is so important that I, I'm not just going to describe it. I'm going to show you visual aids. Forget that. Even though they don't want us to show the video, I'm going to give them a diagram, Al, so we cannot make the man late. Give me your parting shots. How you see this game going? Break it down for me, Al Borges. Well, this is going to be a game from an offensive perspective, in my opinion. It's going to be run, going to be won or lost based on Michigan's ability to maintain balance in their offense. And by maintaining balance in their offense, the quarterback must play well and we must protect those two things. Okay. The two things that I think have been the stumbling blocks in the last two weeks have to be a strength in this game. I have no reason to think they won't be because for the most part during the course of the season, they have been. So I think that is a huge factor. I'm not putting a number on it, Sam, because I hate numbers. Okay. I, I want to know why, how, okay. If we can rush the ball with respectability and JJ can play JJ's game, they will win this football game because I think our defense is too much for them at the end of the day. They'll score a few points, don't get me wrong. They're going to be a shutout. But I just think their style of play against our defense is plays to our strengths. Offensively, it's just a matter of if we can, we can are capable of firing all our weapons and keeping ahead of the chains. Yeah, man. All right, Coach Borges. Uh, folks, remember, in about eight minutes, we go live with Vance Bedford breaking down the Michigan defense against the Ohio State offense. There are a lot of questions in here about the, 
you know, the, the offense for the Buckeyes and how they've come along. Well, Vance will take care of that coming up in the next session. Buckeyes, you're welcome, too. I love that. I love the support that you're showing me, Buckeyes. Man, it's unbelievable. I just hope that you show up if you lose. See, because that strange thing happened last year, Al. I didn't see Buckeyes in my post-game session. See, because I'm going to do two. Like, if, if Michigan loses the game, we'll just do our post-game on the field. Where I give you the, I give you my spiel. I give Ohio State credit and all that. They'll be on the field, and Buckeyes can comment all they want. But if Michigan wins, I'm going to give you on the field. And then I'm going to go to the post-game show at a local sports bar. And that's what we – see, because what we do on the field, CBS has to use that too, so I got to be a little more buttoned up. But when I go to the sports bar for the post-game show oh, – yeah. oh, Unfiltered oh, oh, oh. insider champ, I can see it. Oh, my God. It's going to be a new high in yes, posture. I can see it, Sam. Oh, man. You are going to oh. redline the posturing oh. meter. <laughs> I promise you I educate you, Buckeyes. I promise you. Oh, Sam, Sam, Sam. <laughs> hey, folks, if you haven't taken advantage of the 75% off annual subscription over on 24-7 Sports for the Michigan Insider, do not miss out. The Black Friday sale came early, but it's going to end on time. So I'm going to put it in the comment section right now. Right here it is as I'm putting it in there. I'll also put it in the description. And so take advantage. If you haven't, when it's gone, it is gone. All right, this is the best deal of the year, seven cents per day. All the best, the most accurate information in football, basketball, and recruiting when it comes to Michigan. And you can even see what those Buckeyes are talking about. If you want to, you can venture over to their site. You'll have full access. So there you have it. If you've been waiting to get on the, get on the train, as Vance would say, 24-7 Sports, get on it now. And for you full-paying members, haven't forgotten about you, that Paramount Plus perk. Paramount the Plus. take advantage of the deal, Gotta they don't do get it. Paramount Plus. You yeah. do. You so be it. sure to activate that perk as, as part of your full membership, uh, your full paying membership, I should say, over on 24-7 Sports. With that, Al, we'll see you tomorrow. You are your inimitable self, Sam. I'll tell you that. You are on fire, Sam, on fire. And we get the best and worst of you <laughs> on this week, which we will after the game, too. Yes, sir. All right, folks, that's going to do it for a special ed edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown. Focus on the offense against the Ohio State defense. We'll see you coming up in a few minutes with Vance Beffer. Thanks a lot. Go Blue. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I'm a I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.